Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, thank you for victory on Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Day. We are glad in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, uh, how do we say it? Happy Resurrection Sunday or Happy Easter? Which, which one is it? Happy Resurrection Sunday. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes. Those of you who are religious, you know these sayings. Some of us were not deeply into religion before we got saved. It wasn't deep in our background. Right. Malachi 3 verse 8. We are going into money matters now. Are you glad? You are welcome those of us who are on lockdown still. No church is allowed. No meetings. Many countries. Airports are closed. Uh, churches are closed. Many churches have not had church service for a year. I was speaking to my friend Bishop Mosasono last week. It was his birthday. And um, he was telling me that they allowed uh, 200 people or so. 100 or 200 people in their church uh, per service. So, it's quite... And I was speaking to my friend also in, in, in the Philippines. And he said they are also closed down. Totally. No church allowed. So everyone is welcome. Amen. Please get Bluetooth speakers so that you have a feeling of the sound because your phone can never give you the type of sound that we are having here. And make sure you have your Bluetooth speaker for the season two, which is... Start, and it will start without announcement. Uh, you, you, you see that it's on. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. All right. So beautiful. Now, they, how many realize that there is a curse somewhere? You know, I was speaking to someone who has not been to Africa for many years. But the person is from Africa. In a certain country whose name begins with one of the alphabets. It's not Ghana, but another country. So the person went there after many years and said, nothing has changed. And then the person added just a little comment that the curse is real. 
is real. The presence of a curse is the presence of something that frustrates and prevents improvement and prevents something good in spite of everything that is good that is there. Like a beautiful couple, husband and wife, husband, the boys are good and the girls are beautiful and they've married. Do you get it? The boys are good, the girls are beautiful forevermore. And they've married, but still there's no happiness. Do you get what I'm saying? It's the presence of a curse. So, in Deuteronomy, you have the details of a curse outlined. Deuteronomy chapter 28, the details of curses. And when we go to Jerusalem, I pray that we're going to have several trips because you need to repeat the art of repetition your visit to Israel to understand it and to understand more of the Bible. Right? So, for all of us who are watching and part of the service, I want you to grow in your respect for blessings and curses. Grow in it. Your respect. I respect when somebody says it's a curse or I will curse you, or the Bible says you are cursed for something. You should fear those particular things, because not everything has a curse with it. But the ones that have curses, those ones you should be afraid of them, even more than anything else. Are you with me? Oh, you will not say amen? Oh, you are feeling tired. Okay, let's see you later, because I've been preaching, I've talked all the time, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, the Bible says, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? And he said, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Then, it doesn't just end there, but it goes on to say, So what can we do? Then he says, Bring all the tithes and offerings to the house, so that there will be meat in my house. And then see whether I'll not rebuke the devourer. What is a devourer? A devourer is what eats everything. I plant plantain, it's eaten. I plant coconut, it's eaten. I plant cocoyam, it's eaten. I plant apples, it's eaten. It's just like which one will work? But each one is, is destroyed. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, you see a little detail, and I, I want to focus on one case. How many want us to focus on one case? Because the cases are so many, we have to focus on it to see which one. Today, in particular, we are using our offering to neutralize a particular case. In Jesus' name. Now, which case are we thinking about today? The second one. Just the second one. It says... Um, and if you will not listen to my voice these curses will come on you now notice cursed shall thou be cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and 
the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. So, one of the ways which a curse can work is a curse working on your children. Yes. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. Do you see? Now, why would, what have your children got to do with it? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about when Jesus was praying for the sick in the Bible? Many of the people he prayed for were people's children. And the people brought their children to Jesus. It's like the problem they had was not theirs. I know many, not that I know many people, but I know that parents have said, oh, I should rather have had this problem so that my child will go free because I've already lived. Do you understand? Yes. So, children uh, in families can have cases. And today, by today's offering, uh, every family case is neutralized. So, I want you to write this down if you still have a pen. Everybody in our offering notes for today, write it down. My offerings and my tithes are neutralizing any cases that are working on my children and my family. Write it down. My offerings and my tithes are neutralizing any cases that are working on my children and my family. Amen. And then it continues. Part B says, whatever represents a curse, whatever represents a curse on my work, because there are two parts of my little homily. Do you know what a homily You check it up, okay? Whatever represents a curse on my work, my labor, my toil, my business, and my efforts to accomplish something are neutralized as I pay my tithes and offerings. Amen. I'll say it again. Whatever represents a curse on my work, my labor, my toil, my business, and my efforts to accomplish something eh, are neutralized as I pay my tithes and offerings. Amen. Amen. Do you believe it? So, my offerings, okay, and my tithes are neutralizing any curses that are working on my children and my family. Amen. Do you believe it? I want you to have faith because your children or your, what is connected to you, whatever you've brought forth or you are looking after, is a great source of pain. Or joy to you. You know, when people are young and they are having weddings, they think they are having a wedding. That's how I thought when I was having a wedding. But when I grew up, I realized, and it's unfortunate that I realized it later, that actually it's your parents who are having the wedding and not you. 
It's their wedding and they are very happy about it. They've taken it personally. You think that you are having a wedding, I mean, marriage or the. No, no. It is them who have the great joy. Do you see? Yes. So, uh, and many children think that, oh, maybe my father or my mother will be angry when I say I want to marry. No, they are happy. They are happy. You know? Unless you are going to marry the wrong person. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Or somebody that's bringing them a pain. Do you see? So, whatever represents a curse on your children, and I know many of us here are young, you can't even imagine, but soon you will have ch- a, a child. You will soon have a child. And your child will start, spe- you see, your child should start walking. You see, it should start standing by nine months. Then it should start talking. By a year or so, it should be saying some things. Mama and so on. Now, you can have a child who will not say anything. Yes. God forbid. Yes. But if, if you, you know, there's a whole department called pediatrics. Pediatrics. It's for just for children. You know? And um, there are so many things to do with children that a whole office has been created for just children. If you go to Kolebu, uh, the biggest hospital in Ghana, it has four uh, tall buildings and huge blocks. Four. One is for surgery, operating on people, grown-ups. And then number two is it's called a medical block. That is for things like diabetes, hypertension, heart failure, and um, other diseases that you treat with tablets. Okay? Then the third big block is the obstetrics. Obstetrics for having babies. You know, women's things. Do you see? In fact, it's so big that there's a smaller one that people don't know, apart from the big one. Do you see? And then the fourth big block that we have in that hospital is pediatrics for children. Yeah. So I just want you to know how children are a major area of issue, problems. And so when we say that today, as I pay my tithes and my offerings, whatever curse is working on my child, in any way, form, or fashion. Eh? I tell you, your five CDs, your ten CDs, your ten dollars, your whatever you have, do you see? My prayer with you, I join faith with you. is a deposit on top of that curse to neutralize it in the mighty name of Jesus. Your children will only bring you joy. Whatever represents a source of concern in your life from and through and by children. Today, you know, it is neutralized. And I tell you, these spiritual words I'm speaking, you'll see them as words. But the Bible says, whosoever shall say 
and shall not doubt in his heart that the things which he is saying shall come to pass. He shall experience and have what he says. So as you say it and you give and you do what the Bible says you should do, expect a, a blessing to replace the curse. Isaiah 54 and verse 13 will be your memory verse in this regard. Isaiah 54 and verse 13. It says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Now, what does it mean when it says all your children shall be taught of the Lord? You know, people used to ask who, you know, my father wasn't known to be like a priest. My biological father, he was not a priest. Do you see? So he wasn't known to be like in, in the priesthood. So when I rose up in Accra and started preaching, people started to ask whether I was the son of my father because he wasn't known as a priest. Yes. He was known as a lawyer. He was known as a horse owner, a race horse owner. My father was always at the races because he had uh, horses. He had some of the best horses in the city. And at that time, we used to have a race course. Why can people set it up for us? Just as they set up uh, many things for us. Uh, we have closed it now. You get it? <laughs> That's a pity. Yes. Now, my mother was not uh, like a Christian. She didn't come from a, like a home where they read the Bible and they go to church and they speak in tongues. No. So neither my father nor my mother, do you see, were poised to teach me about God in a certain way. But look at this beautiful verse. It says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. When God teaches your child, you'll be surprised that your child himself is now teaching you. And you know, that is what has happened in the first love church. People, you know, even some people who wanted to be rebellious, when they saw their children flowing in the church, it calmed them down. And they said, hey, what can control my child? Yes. What can control my child? What can make my child pray more than I pray? Meanwhile, I'm a pastor. What can make my child stay in his room soaking in messages? Hey, what can make my child like church? Maybe you don't know. One brother sent me a message. I even have to call him. My heart started to beat. And he said to me, my son came to tell me that he believes he's a woman. Yes. That's what my son says. He believes he's a woman. Now you ask yourself, 
Yes. <laughs> you ask yourself. You know, what people don't know, you know, you see, people uh, assume, oh, they'll by all means, they'll by all means be in the church. I brought them up playing videos of Moses. Who didn't play video of Moses in his house? Hmm. The story of Moses, Moses in the, in the bush, Joshua in the battle, Noah, David and Goliath. We have cartoons. I, <laughs> Daniel in the lions, we took them to rehearsals. We brought them to church. Huh? Send them on olive strips. Many things. It doesn't, you, you'll be surprised. It doesn't guarantee no nothing. It takes the grace of God and the power of God. And that's what this scripture says. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord. The Lord himself will catch your child, catch your son, catch your daughter, and teach your, your child something. Some of you who are in the church, it is because of your parents that you haven't given your testimony properly. Yes. Because you are afraid for your parents to hear the testimony that you give here. They can't even believe who you are. They can't believe that their sweet little daughter and their little boy can do certain things. Oh, no, 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 no. If your father hears, or if somebody records a clip and forwards it to your father, is this your son who is saying this on stage that he was an arm robber? You'll be amazed. All thy children. This blessing is going to come on everyone, you know, giving this offering today. If you have two children, Give two offerings. If you have four children, too bad. You have to give four offerings. Yes. The number of children that you bothered to give. Birth two. You had the energy to give birth. Three times. Four times. Then you must give offerings that are commensurate with the number of times you went to the labor ward. Or whatever. To whom much is given, much is expected. Amen. Unless you don't believe. You see, you don't do things you don't believe. Honestly, you know, when you see me doing something, it's because I believe in it. I need an engine within me to be on. Otherwise, I don't have the zeal to do it. So don't give if you don't believe, but give what you believe and God is going to bless you. Then it says, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Beautiful. Your children will be a source of peace, not a source of concern in Jesus name. And those of you who don't have children yet, it means you are going to have children soon and you'll be remembering today's special offering. When you said, ah, you crowd before you were born, I gave an offering on your behalf. Which means that 
Even though you don't have a beloved, you are giving an offering on behalf of a future beloved who is appearing out of the blue sky. In Jesus' name. Do you believe God can do it? Yes. Recently, I attended a a wedding of uh, someone who was over 60 years old. Not in our church, another church. Yes. Now, and I saw a power at work because the lady had been married already. Her children are grown ups working, but she was on round two, 60 something years old. She was not tired in a white dress. Yes. As a bride, I think the wedding was so long and the event, she started even to batat. Do you know batat? Like falling asleep in between. Yes. Is it batat or batatas or whatever? Uh, batat. It's a word. She started to fall asleep in between. You no, know, as maybe they are having dinner. She has, she has slept. Beautiful. You are sitting there 27 years old. You don't have faith. Somebody is 65. The person says, I'm going for round two. God is sending yours to you this year in Jesus' name. Ah! People have had one, one chance. And they are going for round two. Whilst you are sitting here, you should have been selected for round one. I prophesy, great shall be your peace. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Anybody who has given birth to a daughter, expect handsome men to come for your daughter. Good anointed brothers to come for your daughters. In Jesus' name. Every Jimakpala will not come in your direction of your daughter. Karabashatarabakabayana. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Do you believe in these prophecies? How many are going to sit down for an elderly 60? Those who have already been married for 30 years plus. They are coming to take one or two beloved potentials away. Hey. People are feeling sleepy at their weddings. Have you heard of something like this before? <laughs> they are batating. <laughs> anyway, please, let's be serious. And Deuteronomy, just as an additional blessing, it says, Cursed shall be the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, that's your cattle, and the flocks of thy sheep. So, instead of a curse on the fruit of thy land, remember the statement, whatever represents a curse on my work. Amen. Are you listening to me up there, way at the back there? Are you, are you part of the service? Beautiful. Any curse in your work? Huh? In Jesus' name. 
You know, one day I saw a brother. He employed his house, a house help. Do you see? A help of the house. Now, as he was paying the house help, are you listening? All my stories are real stories. Or the stories are too many. He was paying the house help. Every man pays that. The house help is also in the house eating, drinking, working. But it's part of the house, so you eat. Because you cannot have a separate food. Woe to you who are giving your house help guinea corn to eat whilst you are eating rice. Guinea corn is for horses. Now, one day, the house help who has been employed by the house owner said to her master, Master, I want to show you a picture. And she showed the picture of the house she has built in Ghana when the house owner has not built a house yet. You don't understand what I'm trying to say. You don't get the message. Yeah. The house up has built the house, but you, the one who is paying the house up, has not built a house. Such will not be your story in Jesus' name. And when you are a blessed house help, that's when you can build a house. It means a blessing is on your work. Yeah. How many realize that many house help are not able to build houses? You'll be one of the people who are able to build houses in Jesus' name. So today, wherever you are watching from, take out your thousand dollars, thousand. By the way, we are giving according to your children. That's if you have children. And if you don't have children, you can also give according to your faith. Maybe say, I want three children. I want four children. I want five children. I want six. I want ten. You want to be like John Wesley's mother to give birth to ten. God is going to answer your prayer. Take out your offering this afternoon and I'm going to pray before you give it. I want to pray for a curse to be assuaged, to be neutralized, to be cancelled. And Isaiah 54 verse 13 to be fulfilled in your life. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. Give $100 per each child today. Today is Easter, by the way. Today I have a special Easter message for you. I'm not going to preach about going deeper and doing more. I'm going to talk about something in Easter. Yeah. So I want you to just remain tuned. Because it's a very important message. Victorious message for you. Amen. Your life will be changed by that message. Give $100 per child as a seed. Lord, for Kofi, I give 100 For Kwame, I give 100 For Femi, I give 100 For Joanna, Yanira, I give 100 For Adam, I give 100 For Asantiwa, I give 100 <laughs> Huh? Everyone, I give a hundred. 
every child I give 100. You may want to give 90 for daughters and 100 for sons. Or 100 for sons, 100 for daughters and 90 for sons. Depend on your value system. Or equality. 100, 100. (laughs) Your life is changing by this offering. Isaiah 54 and verse 13. If you are in any country, you can give in your country, wherever, however you normally give. If you are new, we have some, some things on the screen. And actually, you can just call us. We have a number. What's the number they can call us on to find out how to give an offering? There's a general number for salvation. What's that number? Plus 233-595-105-555. You can send a message to this number from anywhere and ask, please, I need to give an offering, but I, did, I don't see it on the screen how to give. So if you can please help. If you send a message, somebody is going to respond. Woe to those who are supposed to respond who don't respond. Hey! <laughs> Better respond properly. So please put the number back on. Anybody who is not sure, please take this as a number for inquiries. Feeling lonely, need a friend, you want to give an offering, you can add that. Just send a number, this, and we will show you in your country or wherever you are how you can give. Okay? That's quite a simple way of doing it. All right? Because sometimes when you are scrolling, Madagascar, this, this, that, we don't even see it in time. Beautiful. Actually, let's make an offering screen with one screen. Okay? So that one screen covers everybody. Because if you are serious, you should see, take a picture of that screen and then. You, you, you take it. Woe to those who do MTN fraud and all those momo fraud things. In Jesus' name. Lift your offering up. Let's pray quickly. Please hurry up. I don't know. If, is it going to rain? No. Today there's no rain. The rain has passed already this way. Yeah. Father, thank you uh, for this great offering that we are giving from Isaiah 54 verse 13. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Thank you for blessing your children mightily on this powerful Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray, dear Lord. Amen.
Savior, Jesus, my shepherd. 
virgem, thanks for saving, Jesus my Savior, thanks for choosing me, oh, Jesus my Savior, thanks for choosing me. grateful that he reached out and that he found you. Amen. Somebody just told me that the Lord is a sun and a shield and I think now he's coming as the latter rain. But it's a blessing. Amen. Are you excited to be in the house of God? It's Resurrection Sunday. Tell your neighbor he is risen. And the response is he's risen indeed, I think. Amen. And um, I just want, you know, Paul said that we may all know how thou ought to behave thyself in the church, in the house of God. And so whenever it rains, it just means we are taking a break. So I don't think we need to keep announcing it all the time. You should know if it's drizzling, if it gets serious, we will all go into shade. And then we can have, you can meet in Bacentes, chat, uh, have some fun. And then as soon as the rain ends, we'll be right back here. So that's how we behave in the church. Tell your neighbor, that's the church protocol. Sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes it's one hour. But as long as, just like, remember when you were up to that, as long as it takes, remember? Beautiful. Oh, you don't remember? I'm talking about when you, when you went, when you were, when you went with, when you went to Papa here. Remember? However long it takes. Amen. Are you excited? It's time for the word of God. Jesus is risen. Amen. And I believe today God has a powerful word for us. 
And when Jesus rose 2,000 years ago, he gave a message to Mary Magdalene to give to the church. And I believe today he's given a message to our prophet to bring to us and to tell us what God has to say to us in this time and in this season. And so we're going to sing Nothing is Impossible as we bring up our prophet and we welcome the presence of God. And I want all of you to, how many of you know the song? Wave at me, you know the song. Even my daughter knows the song. So I want you to lift your hands in faith, your heart, your voices. We all sing this song to bring down the presence of God. So I want you all to lift your voices and declare it every time. Never get tired of declaring that nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God. Amen. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Hearken to the voice. Hearken to the voice of God to me. Is there anything? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. For everything, oh everything, yes, everything is possible with God. From the back all the way to the front. Lift your voices, let me hear you sing. Come on, close your eyes and sing it to your spirit. Say, Nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you're trusting in His word. Hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone. Rest in His Word. Now speak to every mountain in your life. Speak to every desert in your life. And declare that everything is possible. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a jump. And a shout of praise. And welcome your pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your blessing today. We're excited to be here. We thank you for your gift, the gift of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Thank you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Happy Resurrection Sunday. And uh, it's three o'clock. If it does rain, we'll take a short break and then we're back because it's the hottest time of the year. So we have uh, two types of rain. Do you remember your geography? There's convection and what? Relief. Cyclonic rain. And uh, Pastor Paul, what else? Cyclonic and what? Three types of rain. Relief rainfall, cyclonic rainfall, and convectional. And this one is convectional. When it heats up, then it rains to cool up. Evaporation, and then it condenses, and then it comes back. So that's convection. All right? 
Bishop Paul Bailey, thank you very much for the information. Now, today, I want to share with you on something I call Easter turnaround victories. And there is a number of them, not many, but on, on the resurrection day, there's a turnaround because all the work of Judas and all the work of the unfaithful people and all the activities of the wicked people who by an, an astonishing decision, perhaps the most astonishing decision ever taken by Jews to, to, to choose, uh, we have no other king but Caesar. You know, uh, rather than to choose Christ, um, we have a turnaround, 180 degrees or 360 degrees. Which one is it? 180 degrees turnaround. For those of you who are not math students, 180 is this way. And 360 goes all the way this way. Those of you who did core math, I don't know what school you went to, but... All right? Yes. So, 180 degrees turn around. So, this week has been Judas week. Happy Judas week. <laughs> Judas was having meetings, selling his, this last week, selling his savior, sending WhatsApps, being ungrateful and wicked for all that was done to him, for him. He was making money of Jesus and trying to secure himself financially because he had no faith. So this week has been a week of for the Judases and the Absaloms who can attack their own fathers. And it's a week for traitors. But on Good, on, on, on good Friday is the culmination of their wickedness. But it's also the great defeat. Because all things work together for good. And then on Easter Sunday is a complete turnaround. Hallelujah. So in Psalm 126, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. So there is a turnaround. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And we said, the Lord has done great things for us. Then in Psalm 126 verse 4, he says, turn again our captivity, O Lord. So God responds to your prayers to turn things around again. And I believe there's a great turnaround for you on this Easter Sunday. So, let me show you the turnaround victories that are clear in the Bible. In Mark chapter 16, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, in the first day of the week, and when you go to Israel, all right. You see that there's one. 
It says, when the Sabbath was passed. You know, it's when you go to Israel, you realize that nothing happens on Saturdays. You can't even get food. I'll show you where to buy shawarma, though. Yes, I'll show you where to buy shawarma on Saturday in Jerusalem. Yes, so see me before you arrive. Okay, yes. Because I felt very hungry in Israel on Saturday before. And it, it's, it's a problem. There's nothing. Even the hotel doesn't provide food. The only things that they don't cook. Till it's over. And they have a time. The Sabbath starts from the Friday in the evening. So the food gets finished on Friday night. And it goes till Saturday. They give the time in the evening. So if it's 5.30, 5.38, 5.46, 558, that's when the sun goes down. It's on the internet. You see the time. Every day they have the time that the sun goes. That's the end of the Sabbath. Till then, you cannot get shawarma to buy. So, make sure you see me before you arrive there. So, I'll show you where to get some meat. Tell your neighbor, I feel I'm walking in Israel very soon. I don't know why, but I just feel that these steps are prophetic steps. I'm stepping there. I sense it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, so when the Sabbath was passed, the Bible says, then, so as soon as the Sabbath was over, then Mary Magdalene, okay, bought spices. So they bought spices in the evening. Then early in the morning, on the first day of the week, do you see, they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? Because they were all ladies. So who's a strong man? We don't have any man with us to roll the stone away. So entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man. When they saw that the stone was rolled away, when they looked, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. Somebody has rolled the stone. Hey, somebody has moved the stone. We don't have to do it. So they entered the sepulchre, and they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Now, when we go to Israel, you, you'll be there soon. Father, thank you for blessing everybody who can see my hand. You are blessing them for trips at least three times in Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, they said, go, okay? Um, Tell your disciples that he has gone to Galilee. So, when you are in Jerusalem, you realize that Galilee is like from Accra to Cape Coast. So, when they say he's gone to Galilee, that is not here. That is why you can't just go to any church. See, God is not, even though God is everywhere, it's a general truth. But he is also in particular places that he has chosen, that he has chosen to meet you there. So, so I can go to any church. I'm going to a church in my area. No. Sometimes you have to travel two hours to go to church. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 13 and verse 14, The Bible says that you shall not put your sacrifice, take heed to thyself that thou offer not 
thy burnt offering in every place that thou seest. You don't have to go to every church that you see. I've seen a place, you know, but verse 14 says, but in the place which the Lord shall choose. So God will choose a church for you and a place for you. And there, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings and there thou shalt do all that I command thee. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Beautiful. You know, some years ago, I was driving in Usu and I saw a building that belonged to one of the big churches in Ghana. And on the building was a plaque. It was, I think it was a Methodist uh, building. And that building was donated by a man you know, to the Methodist church. He gave it to the Methodist church. And the Methodist church were using it for something. I noticed it because I saw the sign on it. And I went near, and then I went to look at it. It's near somewhere where I go to. So I went to look at it. And it struck me that when this man was alive, he was a member of the Methodist church. And he saw it good and right to donate and give this big building to his church to use for whatever they would want to use it for. And it was then being used for something they had written something on it, and then I, I don't want to give the details, all right? But, you know, it's amazing that in, God chooses a place for everybody to go and place his burnt offering. And if it's the Methodist church God chose for you, go and put it there. And if it is here, put it here. And do all you can for where God has chosen you to be. That would be a blessing for you. It's not everywhere that we are supposed to go. He says, take heed that thou does not give thy bend of in every place that thou seest. No. All right. Now, when Jesus was risen, verse 9 is where our message starts from. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Beautiful. Now, people think that Magdalene is actually her surname. No. Magdalene is from Magdala, was a little town around the Lake of Galilee. You know, around the Lake of Galilee, we have towns like Chorazin, Capernaum, Bethsaida, and Magdala was one of the towns. So Mary came from there. And there's so many myths about her, you know. But you think that, oh, her name is Mary, Mrs. Magdalene, or this is not. It's a town that was, uh, <laughs> that she comes from. You get it. Now, the first turnaround victory and there are seven of them, is the turnaround victory for all Mary Magdalene's. Yes, Mary Magdalene's. You know, Mary Magdalene was the one whom Jesus appeared to first. That's what he says. And when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. That's it. Now, you see, Mary Magdalene represents many things, but it represents the becoming important of someone who you may have rejected. Yes. See, that was it. it was a, although it was Easter, for her it was a great day because she was, I mean, Peter was out of the picture. 
Yes. Peter was not, I mean, I don't need to see Peter. I don't need to see James. I don't need to see all these guys. Yes. I don't need to see all these guys. I need to see Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Now, some people think Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. And there are so many stories about her. But what we know is in all the four Gospels, she is mentioned as being at the cross. That's for sure. And in Luke chapter 8, she is mentioned as one of the women that was traveling with Jesus. That's all. These are the only... It's never mentioned she's a prostitute, she's this, she's... I don't know what she was. But out of whom came seven devils. Why do you know what devil they were? Maybe it's greed or I mean, eating too much. You don't know what devils they were. But there came Magdalene's importance. She was now more important than even the apostles. Yes. So, in this Easter victory, all right, you see the victory of faith, the faithful ones. You see, faithfulness is matters when it matters. Look, everybody whom I pay or I have even a financial dealing with and who depends on my favor can be faithful to me and even look polite or even run when I say, go and get some, say the person is running. There's reasons for people to behave well. Do you see? But where there's nothing to gain, do you see? And where there's nothing to gain or to lose, or where there's no favor to get, is where we see the really faithful ones. That's why I don't encourage people to come into work in full-time ministry for money. If you, if you ask for a particular salary, whatever, it's the wrong job. Well, we don't have that. Most of the people who work the highest, at the highest level, I have so many very educated people and who are every big thing you can imagine have seen it before. But none of them came to work, those who have been working with me, for a salary or for an amount that was measured. What did they give you there? And what did they give you here? No, no, no. It's if you like to serve the Lord. So, Here comes the victory of the faithful ones. Because during this week, I mean, Judas looked very powerful as he was marching with the people. He's coming, Charlie, he's moving here, he's going here. Are you guys coming? Okay, what's happening? It was like really powerful people. But the faithful person who was very dedicated to Jesus, you know, when even people like Peter said, oh, I've, I've not seen him before. I don't know him. I said, I don't know him. You can't force me to know somebody I don't know. You can't force me to know somebody I don't know. Don't talk rudely. I said, I don't know him. But Mary Magdalene represents the faithful and also pre- represents the faithful woman. You know? You may think that women are faithful. Not all women are faithful. Because women are human beings. So there are, there are women who are not faithful. 
Do you see? And so, Mary Magdalene was faithful when she had nothing to get. Now, sometimes you see people, many times I've seen sometimes people very active in church. Then a thought occurs to me, is there a beloved somewhere that the person is also like, maybe there's someone that the person sees when the person comes to church, or is there something that's making the person very faithful? What is the motivation? So I want to encourage every lady here that, look, Easter represents the turnaround victory for all women headed by Mary Magdalene. For those of you who want uh, gender, what do you call it? Gender equality, gender balance, gender whatever. Mary Magdalene's importance ascended. She was the first. Jesus, look, I mean, read it in English. The Bible says, and when Jesus was risen early, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. That's all. The other guys were out of the picture. Because she was solidly by Jesus through it all. There was no flicker. The soldiers, the brutality, the killing, the blood. She was standing there. She said, I've killed chicken before. I can stand. I can stand. Yes. She said, I'm a woman. I see blood every month. I'm not afraid of blood. Yes. Yes. Faithful Mary. I know blood. I, I, I can deal with blood. I can handle blood. So every lady here, you are going to be like Mary Magdalene, where even super higher disciples will be set aside and you'll be called in for the next meeting. Hallelujah. Now, Second, turn around victory for delegated authorities. The Bible says she went out that had been with him, all right? And, and she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept, all right? She went out and told them. When Jesus appeared, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene and she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. Now, this is a time for delegated authorities. You see, they had to believe and accept someone who was sent, not Jesus himself. And in our church, we have come to a place where you are going to have to accept to deal with people. That have been delegated. Bishops. Authorities. And personalities. That are delegated. And it was Mary Magdalene. And later on Jesus was angry with them. For not believing Mary Magdalene. You see when we go a little further. You just have to accept. How many of us. Even if all of us were alive when Jesus rose from the dead. How many of us would have been there live. We won't even fit into the space. So one person has to see and one person has to be sent. And a lot of people have to believe the person who is sent. I mean, it's just common sense. So we've reached a time. This is a time for delegated authorities. And that is why in our church now we have so many bishops. 
We have over 100 bishops in the church. And they are real bishops. It's not a title like reverend. You can be a reverend, but you're different from being a bishop. And you have, to, you have to deal with them. We have a convener. You know, the time, at, at first in the church, it was myself, Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie. That was the church we were running, two assistants. But look, we are, we are, we are having over 4,000 churches in so many places. Do we want the church to collapse before we realize that one person with two assistants cannot manage or control? It's like somebody who's giving birth and you are not providing for the children to be looked after. So, we have to deal with delegated authorities. And it's a time to accept the realities that even we have an archbishop now who handles most of our ceremonies and most of the important uh, events like that. And we have important people doing, even the lay people, you are going to soon see a new type of uh, high-level lay person working highly in the ministry. So it's, it's a place where we preach, you either accept it or you are out. And I've seen people who cannot accept when somebody is delegated or sent to them, it's like, who is this person? Who are, who are you? I remember one brother, he traveled. He came back to me in the office and he met somebody at the door. The person said, oh, please wait. He said, well, who are you? Do you know when I joined the church? You know? But you see, those days are past. You are going to have to deal, if you want to deal with God, you have to deal with the person he sends. Yes. Mary Magdalene. Are you there? Number three. Turn around victory for unnamed and unknown people. It's raining now, so we probably will take a break Unless we keep going. I'm okay to keep going. Till they tell me. You guys tell me when to go off. Okay. I'm, I'm on. Alright. I think the rain has moved away. Right. Turn around. Number three. Are you with me? Turn around victory for unnamed and unknown people unknown people. In the next verse, after Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says, after that he appeared in another form unto two of them who were never named. And he went into the country and they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Two unnamed and unknown people. At Easter victory, Unknown people will become important. Because these two guys are mentioned in the Bible. They are neither known nor named. Known nor named in the Bible. Amen. So I don't know who you are. Maybe you are not one of the names in the church. When people mention your name, you are known as, I mean, this and that and that. 
You are not famous for anything. <laughs> unknown and unnamed. Suddenly, they were in the Bible. Hallelujah. And you have to welcome yourself to becoming important in this time because I prophesy that people that are not known and have not been named as important or great are going to become very important in God's sight and you'll be, you'll be listed as the two people that walk with Jesus. Eh? Beautiful. It's a turnaround for your life. Number four. It's a turnaround victory for those who are being rebuked. Yes. Now in Mark chapter 16, verse 14, I'm just reading from the first 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I'm now on verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at meat, they were eating, and upbraided them or rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now these 11 unfaithful disciples were blasted properly after the resurrection. Jesus sat them down and faced them. (laughs) They were eating. And Jesus took them on seriously. What is the meaning of upbraid? Upbraid. Listen. When it comes to loyalty, to reprimand, to rebuke, to scold, to remonstrate, to chastise, to berate, to chide, to castigate, eh? to lambast. Jesus took the 11 disciples and began to lambast them. Why, why is that? Because loyalty is not something that everybody is able to attain to, especially at the first time. Many people are partly disloyal. Yes. Many people are partly disloyal. Yes. Not not everybody is 100% loyal. But there is hope for those who are partly loyal after the resurrection. Even those who are partly disloyal have a chance if they are ready to receive the blastings. Because you, Peter, you say you don't know Jesus. How can that be possible that you don't know? Were you not lying? Three times you were lying. But it's like at the resurrection, an opportunity, because all of them went to their houses that their ministry is over. But at the resurrection, there was a turnaround for those who were partly disloyal and those who were ready to receive the what? The blastings and the lambastings. How many of you have not been 100% loyal? Raise your hand. Some of you watching. You have made certain comments about me. If God was to take you on, you will be a kebab this afternoon. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yes. So God 
off? We are on. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still on. Yeah. There is a turnaround victory for all those who have not been able to be 100%. Yes. I'm okay. Now, let's start again. Turnaround victories. Number one for Mary Magdalene. When Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. This is a great turnaround for an unimportant and rejected woman who was not regarded as important. So every woman uh, here today must know your importance is very high once Jesus finds you important. Yes, you are going to see many women on the high, highest thrones in glory. And so every woman here, instead of being an instrument of distraction, do you see, an instrument of passionate distraction to a man and to a man's ministry, become an instrument of honor. Because we don't know of Mary Magdalene destroying the ministry of Jesus. Yes. She was amongst the troop that followed Jesus on his journeys in Luke chapter 8. From Galilee all the way to Jerusalem, there were the 12 and these women. And there were some were named. You'll be named as one of the good girls in the ministry. Amen. Who help the ministry. Amen. So, and you notice that it's a great victory for the faithful ones. It's nice to be faithful when there's something to gain. But when no one can see and no one knows and you are faithful, then you are really faithful. That's why it takes time to know that you are faithful. Because over the years, there will be issues that will come up that your faithfulness will be seen because of how you stand fiercely for what you believe and family and nothing moves you. But you see, sometimes people move. Then after they realize, I made a mistake. But there are some people who don't move. You can't, you can't move me. You know, one day there was a certain woman who had a number of children. And somebody came to marry one of the children. And uh, one of the daughters. Then, um, I think the husband was misbehaving. But the mother made a comment that, you know, my, do- my daughter he doesn't know the kind of good person of my daughters that I gave to him. He didn't know. That's why he behaved that way. Because it was a good one that he gave to, a faithful one that she gave. She was talking about a daughter that she gave. And look at, look at him. He didn't know the kind of person. Because there are kinds 
There are different types. There are faithful ones. They will never, they will never, they will not flicker. How many have seen a light which flickers? It's like it wavers. It wavers. Sometimes I see in people's eyes questions. They look at me with questions in their eyes. Yes. Those are the people that like to read things when people are standing around blasphemies and stories. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'll hurry up. <laughs> they want us to go into the evening. Okay. All right, that's thunder. For those of you who cannot hear, we are hearing thunder. Anyway. So, what was I talking about? Yes. They, they, they are interested to, to know, they want to know things, stories. Have you heard this? Have you heard this? They are the ones who make calls. Have you heard this? Have you read this? They, they are not stable people. A stable person is, they, whatever they are saying doesn't concern me and I don't care. All the really faithful, but they don't even know what anybody is saying. Those who are really loyal, those who are flickering, they, they are reading stories and want to hear what somebody is saying, what blasphemies somebody is sending around. Yes, but those who are solid, they don't even know. So I don't know what you're talking about. I was talking to some faithful people the other day. They have no idea of any, somebody said, what are you talking about? I've never heard of it before. But those concerned and faithful, flickering people, do you understand? Yes. They want to, want to read this, want to hear this, want to find out, want to know this, want to say, I hear this, I hear that, I hear that. So sometimes I look at people, I can see that this person is not stable in his mind. Yeah. Mary Magdalene had, when she saw swords and they were shot, crack, 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 when they would push the thing into Jesus' stomach, she was just standing there, she was just watching it. As far as she was concerned, she was there. There was no question about where she belonged. You see, it's like Joseph of Arimathea, his uh, his, his commitment to Jesus was interesting because he was committed to him when he could not get anything from him. He was already a dead body. What would he get from Jesus? See, when you commit to something, it's like joining the political parties. You join, why do you think they join? What they are going to get? That's why after the elections, they have to satisfy so many people. The foot soldiers and what have you. You know, one day I, I, I uh, was talking to someone who works in a, a certain place. And he said to me, I've, I've been asked to, have to employ 500 people here. And I need only 15 people. Yes. I will not tell you the country. But, you know, he said, I have to employ 500 people. I need only 15. I will not mention the name of the country. Maybe it's America or England. I don't know where. Yes. 500. You need only 12 people. It's beautiful. But we are talking of loyalty where there's nothing to get. Nothing to gain. Just solidly behind you. That was Mary Magdalene. She was solid. And when Jesus decided, when he rose from the dead, who should I appear to? Like Charlie who? He looked around and he said, Peter. Peter said he doesn't know me. Thomas. Thomas and James and what they ran, they ran like they ran. I think they're 400 meters if they've been practicing. 
They dashed and they disappeared. The Bible says all of them fled. But Mary Magdalene did not flee. And John did not flee. John, Mary, the mother of Jesus did not flee. Magdalene did not flee. John did not flee, the, the young one. That's why Jesus, he, he often, he refers to the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. In his book, he always, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's it. If you are say I am, don't argue about this. And you know how Jesus proved that he loved him? He gave him the revelation. Because you see, in Daniel, remember when the angels came, he said, Daniel, thou art greatly loved. And he gave him all the revelations. In Revelation, he gave all the revelations to John. So revelation or even showing yourself or exposing yourself, God revealed himself to John. Do you see? Yes. So turn around for Mary Magdalene. All faithful people will be rewarded. Yes. Paul spoke about Onesiphorus. You know, Paul said, all those in Asia have forsaken me. All. Of whom are homogeneous and phygelous. But Onesiphorus, he said, how he was not ashamed of me. He was solid. He never flickered in his commitment to me, Onesiphorus. He was solid. He said he was never ashamed of me. And how diligently he sought for me. He, he looked for me to find where I was. And refreshed me. Then he lifted his hand and made a blessing. The Lord reward him. The Lord reward him. For his good works. May the Lord remember. May he find mercy before the Lord. Yeah. Honestly for us. Oh, these sort of insignificant people who did, they're doing nothing, you know, Mary Magdalene, you know, she doesn't seem to be important, just around, <laughs> you know, not anybody with doctrines or anything. Onesiphorus, just refreshing Paul. Maybe Onesiphorus was the Mary Magdalene for Paul. Wow. Yeah. Because the Bible says the women who followed Jesus, they ministered to him. They were ministering to him. You know, like a boxer who finishes boxing and comes into his corner and they are pouring water on him and ministering to him and trying to revive him. Giving him tea and glucose and other things to just keep him going for the next round. He says, how many things he ministered to me, Onesiphorus. The Lord grant him mercy in the day of judgment. So, may you be a Mary Magdalene and may there be a great turnaround for all the faithful ones. I bless all Magdalene's and Onesiphorus's. May the Lord show you mercy on the day of judgment for your great faithfulness. Amen. Number two, there's a turnaround for delegated authorities. Yes, she was sent and told them, I've seen Jesus you got to believe him. You got to believe. Delegated. And I've said in our church, now you're going to have to deal with a whole lot of delegated authorities. People who are sent. You just have to accept it. Because the church is bigger than one person. Amen. Crying baby out. Thank you. Number three. 
turned around for unnamed and unknown people. The Bible says, and after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. Without a name, without being known, they are written in the Bible. And many of you are not known in the things you do, but God knows you. And when we get to heaven, you meet somebody and say, you know, I'm one, I was one of the two people. <laughs> I said, really? I'm so happy to meet you. Can I take a picture? Sure. Take a picture. Take a picture. Yeah. As one of the unnamed and unknown people. May you be one of the unknown and unnamed people who do great things to the extent that your name is written in the Bible. In the name of Jesus Christ. Don't worry if you are not known or nobody praises you. Nobody shouts your name and says, oh, we worship you. What a good thing you've done. How nice of you. You are wonderful. You are this. Don't worry. God is the one who says thank you. Years ago, I was in London, 1983, I think it was. And um, I was in a church that was starting. The church was called Victory Church. And at that time, President Rawlings had uh, come into power. And uh, he closed down the universities. So we were out of school for one year. So during a period of that time, I was in London. Now, getting to the end of my stay there, the pastor of the church, do you see? The pastor of the church is called Michael Bassett, a white man, a pure British man. He sent a message to me that I want to see you in my office. So I said, why, why does he want to see me? I was so surprised. And I had to come to the church office to meet him in the afternoon during the week, not on the Sunday. When I entered his office upstairs at the back, he said, sit down. He said, I want you to work with me. I said, me? He said, yes. I want, you to, I want to train you and I need somebody to be with me and to work here. <laughs> I said, me? Why me? You know, I had been working in the church unknown and unnamed. I used my own money to buy Kenneth Hagen books. And travel around the whole of London. That's how I know every station in the underground, uh, uh, underground train of the UK of London. I know every station. I say I know every station. Even I could, I could memorize Victoria Line, Piccadilly Line. I know every stop. Jubilee Line, when it started, I, I was there. I know every corner. I visited so many people and I used my own money to buy I never even thought I was using my own money but now that I think of it, I used my own money. Where did I get money from? And I, I gave them books, backsliders, people. I visited people, bringing them to God, bringing them to Christ and bringing them to the church. I never knew that even the pastor knows, knows me. Unnamed and unknown. Yes. It is a turnaround day for the unnamed and the unknown. Yes, I worked. 
as though I was being paid. And you know, there were times I was, I had, I was offered jobs. One time I even took one of the jobs. I went to work on Fleet Street. Do you know Fleet Street? Yeah, Fleet Street is where the banks are. I will not tell you the job I was doing, but it was a job. <laughs> yeah, there are banks. I was working in a bank. <laughs> After working for one week, I realized that the job is taking me away from the work that I was doing for God. I stopped. Oh, yes. Then I got another job where you start around 3 a.m. Later. And I realized that, no, this job is also affecting my ability. So I, I, went, I went into deep poverty so that I could visit the people, call them, go here, go here, go here. I was doing, I never thought of the word full time. I'm talking of unnamed and unknown people who are working. And God knows their names and God knows who they are. And I was shocked when my, the pastor called me. And in 1991, you know, when I, when I decided to go into ministry after, uh, what do you call it, my housemanship, I, I was not an ordained pastor. I went to London and I went back to the church and I told him, I've started a church. We are about 40 members. And we, we are 40 to 100, but around 40. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said to him, I'm, I'm not ordained as a pastor. He said, I know you. I'll ordain you. Come on Sunday. I'll ordain you on Sunday. So on Sunday evening, I went. My son had just been born and I went there and he ordained me and laid hands on me. A white man, he ordained me and laid hands on me in the evening service and he said after he ordains me he wants me to preach. Actually, I think he ordained me in the morning and he said you preach in the evening service. Yeah, so he, that was one of the first time I ever preached outside Ghana. Yeah, the largest church in the UK. Yeah. So I know you. Unnamed and unknown, without title, without pay. Turn around. So I'm encouraging you. Don't don't do things in the church and hope for somebody to see. I was rather surprised that he knew. And I, I always remember him too. I always remember him for ordaining me. That's where I was ordained. I was not ordained by any Ghanaian pastor. That's where I was ordained to the ministry. Yes. John Wesley was asked, you know, one time an important person came from the church and asked him, by what authority are you preaching? He said, by the authority of the Archbishop of Canterbury who ordained me as a pastor. Are you there? Number three, uh, number four. Number three, no, number four. Turn around victory for those who, were, who are being rebuked. 
or maybe those, I should say, those who, are, who have not been completely faithful. Semi-loyal. Those with mingled seed. The Bible says, afterward, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them. Now, upbraid means he f- to find fault with someone. He started start to tell us, oh, listen to me. Listen to me. Then the next one is to reproach severely. That's a braid. Listen to me, you. James, don't think because you are my brother. Then the, the dictionary says the military tribunal abraded the soldier for his cowardice. For being a coward, he was rebuked. It means to admonish, castigate. Now, you see, if that is if you receive it. Because the longer people stay in the church, they feel they are too big to be spoken to in a certain way. Why should you talk to me like that? Why are you talking about this again? As for this church, when something happens here, they will never forget. Now, it means to chasten, to criticize. Another one, it means to give a talking to. To give a what? A talking to. To put down. To reprimand. To take to task and to tell off. He told off the disciples. He wasn't happy with them. I mean, read it for yourself. He met the disciples and he faced them for the hardness of their heart. Don't believe. When I talk, you don't believe. He blasted them. But you see, that was the condition. It was a turnaround for them because they were out of the ministry. The blasting was the key for them to come back and come and be part of the thing. Still. So if you don't take the blastings, how will you ever be part? You must be grateful when you get a talking to. And if you get a talking to for one year or two years, you should be grateful. When nobody says anything to you about anything, that's when you are condemned. There are some people I don't say anything about anything anymore. Those are the people that are hot in relation to me. If I don't say anything about anything anymore, you you can notice my silence. I don't talk about certain things. So, many of us are not genuinely loyal. Yes. You know yourself. When we talk about the stages of disloyalty, stage one is what? Independent. Some of you are so independent. We say, come, you won't come. Stage two is what? Offense. Some of you are offended. Eh? When this happened, this. When this happened, that. When this happened, this. You didn't come for this. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. What's stage three? Passivity. Some of you are cooler than you were before. You were not so cool before. Now you said, oh, Charlie, we are just watching. We are just watching the system. I've been here. I've been here. So some, somebody was called. He said that, uh, he, somebody was asked that, why is he not speaking? He said, I've been in the system for many years. 
I know when to speak and when not to speak. He said, I know this system. <laughs> I know when to speak and when not to speak. You see, again, it's like the one who has been taught 39 tricks. He thinks you know everything. Number four is what? Critical stage. You criticize. <coughs> ah, hello? I've been criticized by my own church members. People that I lay hands on. When I was laying hands on you and ordaining, you couldn't find me, you couldn't find something wrong with me. Huh? You even fell down. You couldn't find something wrong with that. Now you have a mouth to speak against me. Do you see what I'm saying? How can it be a blessing to you? How can it be a blessing to you? What happened to Miriam and Aaron when they criticized Moses? They all died in chapter 20. Chapter 20. Yeah, the Lord had it. So he criticized them politics. Political stage. Bible says Absalom was able to take 200 men in the innocence of their mind. You got a group and so you feel stronger. The group that you think, hey, a lot of people are living. And many people are, have you heard this person? Have you heard that this one has also, have you heard this? And it makes you happy. And you become politically disloyal. Following groups. Huh? You, you, all those are signs of you and you and you join together. Birds of the same feather. All of you offended. All of you hurt. All of you with grievances. All of you with things to say. Criticize me to your own difficulty. Because if I'm your father and you are attacking me, you have become Absalom. And it will not end well. So I'm saying to you that many people are disloyal. And after political is what? Deception. You are deceived. Deceived, especially I know him. I know the system. I know this. I know that. You know, one time a pastor came to our church, you know, and uh, that time we were, I think, at Collegon or somewhere. And then uh, when he came on stage, he said, lift your hand and there was worship. Oh, no, no. So when he stood there, he lost sort of control of his mind. When he saw the crowd, he said, why that? Why that? Like, why me? Why is God using me? Because he had lost in such a big church. So he lost control of, of his, uh, I mean, he, he couldn't hide it. He said, why that? Because you feel you know him. I remember that, that fellow one time, he was making fun of me when I had a program on television called Miracle Days Are Here. Then he made fun of him, mocking. He said, you, where, where did miracles go? Where did miracles go? He said, Miracle Days Are Here. Where did they go? Miracles have always been. You are now, whatever, doing whatever. You say, Miracle Days Are Here. <laughs> Take your time. Who has the largest miracle Salvation healing ministry in Africa. Keep finding. Yes. I know him. And mocking. I teach. People look at me on the television and mock. Is this teaching? He's just talking. 
Is that talking? Is he a teacher? Is he a teacher? When I started preaching, the main criticism was that I don't know how to preach. That was my main... I don't want to mention the names of the people. That was that I don't know how to preach. Okay. I don't know how to preach. Recently, national security or whatever, they were saying that you people, when you put on the news, starting at 12, then starting at 12 or starting at whatever, then they see 1.2 million hits. Come on. Then they know our things are very extreme. It's like the million, 1.2 million. Within minutes, you see that 1.2 million hits. People have looked at the Facebook that we are, we are coming online. They know it. They are watching. Is that I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to preach. I'm just trying to say that many of us have not been fully loyal. I'm giving you examples. But it doesn't mean that you are out. Because there is a place for people who have not been 100% loyal to be blasted, lambasted, castigated, and what? Admonished. Told off. Told off. And what? What more words? Talk giving a talking to. Put down. Chastised. Castigated. Admonished. Giving a roasting. <laughs> Do you know why? Because not every type of disloyalty is of a certain malicious element. Yes. So a lot of it is out of ignorance. Sometimes it's out of weakness. Sometimes it's out of um, wanting to be popular. You know, once I had a friend that he went to a school. We were all in Achimota. Then he went to another school. And when he got to the school, he was a very strong Christian. When he got to the school, I think... The way he looks, like he looked like some guy, you know. So he came. And then there were these Kruwe guys at the entrance. And they welcomed him. And when they welcomed him, they said, hey, Charlie, all oh, this. They assumed that he was I mean, an unbeliever. And he couldn't tell them. They went. And he didn't tell them. And he backslid at the door. Up till, I don't know what's happening now. But he backslid completely. Because he couldn't stand up and say, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in this. Listen, as a believer, you are entitled to your opinion. Yes. And don't be ashamed to stand for what you believe in. You know something? You tell the people, hey, man, I believe in my God and I believe in my church. I believe in my pastor. I believe in what I belong to. You can go to hell if you want to, you want to go to hell. But this is what I believe in. And I'm here. That's it. I'm entitled under the Human Rights Charter to have my church and, and have at least my opinion. You are entitled the right to your own conscience, the right to have your own opinion, and the right to have at least your conscience to believe what you... We are allowed to believe in Jonah who was swallowed by a whale for three days. It's a human right that we can believe what we want to believe. It's a right, a right to associate. I have a right to choose who I want to associate with. Amen. So, and then the next stage of disloyalty, open rebellion. Now, you have lessons on loyalty. Loyalty 
will cost you friendships. Some of you don't realize that you have to break certain friendships if you will be loyal. But you want to keep all the friends. Loyalty is not based on emotions. You can't use family connections to say, oh, it's my family. So even, if, even though it's my brother, uh, even because he's my brother, uh, I, 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 I support stealing today. Even though he's a thief, I support it. Even though what he's doing is wrong, I support it because he's my brother or he's my, she's my sister. Loyalty. And, some, and, and you see, by your associations and your friendships and the people that you are close to. Some of you are not close to even one loyal person. All your friends are disloyal people. You don't have even one lawyer, like somebody who is staunchly committed. You don't have even one person like that. All the people that are your main people are some way people. Yes. Show me your friend. I can show you your character and your loyalty. Your associations are not meaningless. They mean That's why if MPP is having a, a, a rally, I'll not go and sit on the stage. Or NDC having a rally, I'll not go and sit on the stage. Because by associating with them, I'm trying to say that I politically am a supporter of this group openly. Which I, I cannot do that. So what you do, when you, when, you, when you make that association, you are showing that that is who you believe in. So when you are associating and are friends with people that are disloyal, it shows that your friendship is revealing that deep down in your heart, this is how you want to be. I can see all those who are on their phones, so please put away your phones. I can see physically with my eyes. Just put away your phones and concentrate on me, please. I can see. I've also been in a congregation before. You see. Yeah. Just put it away. Put it away, please. So I don't mention you. And when I mention you, you will not feel happy. Yes. I can easily call out your name now. But I'm not looking your direction, but I can, I can see where you are. <laughs> Loyalty demands full persuasion. Some of you are not fully persuaded. You are not fully persuaded. I told somebody, you know, if I am what these people, so these people say I am, don't be in this church. I will not advise you. It's, it's, it will be an unfortunate thing for you. Be fully persuaded about what you are. So I'm trying to say that we've come to a stage where some people have not been loyal. And you are going to be upbraided. That will be if you get kindness and love. Because Jesus, I mean, Jesus could have said, uh, Peter, I hear I was informed they said you don't know me. Okay. I was informed I hear you said you don't know me. So, okay. All right. You remember how Jesus, remember how God the Father took a decision when he was taking the Israelites out of Egypt and he said, I've changed my mind. He would have told Peter that, what is the use of a mind that you cannot change? I've changed my mind. Uh, I've got a new guy who helped me to carry the cross. And then he went and called the guy. He would have started a new set of disciples. But he blasted them and then within six weeks, they were on the move to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you excited about the kindness of Jesus? Amen. So I want to encourage everybody who is not sure. If you are not sure, join another church. Go to Methodist, Presby, Central, Love World, any, any good church that you, you, you believe in, be there. It's good for you and be stable there. Rather, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't stay in this church if you don't believe in me, you don't believe in the church, you don't believe in the leadership. It's a bad thing. Go to where you believe in. That's all. I hope you get what I'm saying.
Yeah. No, don't, don't continue to sit here with double mind. A double mind is unstable. You will not be a stable, a happy person. And you will not do well. Don't sit here with four eyes. Watching to see and to take an interpretation. Hey, I saw this person on stage. Okay, I saw this person doing this. Okay, I saw this one means this. This means that. That means this. This means that. You are not at ease. You are not at ease. Tell your neighbor at ease. Number five, turn around victory for the most important commission, the gospel. You see, there was a turnaround and the most important message was made clear. Jesus said, and to them, go into the world and preach the gospel. That's all. Preach the gospel. So, we have here an easy understanding of what is the most important thing. Jesus told us, go and preach the gospel. That's why Billy Graham preached the gospel, and when he died, even without seeking to be known and recognized, he was really recognized by his nation and recognized by all and sundry. Every American president came to pay their respect to Billy Graham. All of them. Anyone who was alive, they came from every party was non-partisan. The gospel message. He had no message. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Give your life to him. Be born. There was nothing wisdom about money, how to succeed. Nothing. Just the gospel. (laughs) Jesus Christ and him. And Paul also decided, hey, me, I'm just preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. So brothers and sisters, let us know that God has revealed to us our great work. Let us give ourselves to this glorious gospel unreservedly. Let us not think that our lives, our families are our own. That is, let us dedicate them all to God and to his work. Let's give ourselves fully that our profiting may appear ready at 20. Amen. Let's do it. Gospel. Healing Jesus campaign. Support it. We have opened offices now in four to five cities in Africa. We are opening offices. Healing Jesus campaign office in Angola, in Cameroon. Healing Jesus campaign office in Calabar, in the eastern part of Nigeria. And in Enugu, in the eastern part of Nigeria. We are investing in offices there and in Rwanda, in eastern Africa. We are setting up so many things. I don't want to disturb you with things that would disturb your... um, I don't know what I'm saying, but listen. (laughs) I am telling you that we are investing heavily, even in this pandemic, secretly, Healing Jesus campaign, setting up all these offices and centers, we ship our convoys to different sectors of the world in readiness for a major campaign in the eastern part of Nigeria, in Cameroon, and to Angola, and different uh, places. 
Yes. And Madagascar. They are opening an office in Madagascar. Oh, yes. Just for the crusade. I can't lie to you. Yes. Sending our staff there, building an office, investing and moving our convoys for crusade and evangelism for a last heavy effort of evangelism and crusading with all our hearts and all our might. Yes. And what we need is your support to do all these things. We will not be able to do them if you were not supporting healing. This is what we believe in. This is what Easter means. Easter, Jesus rose from this. Okay, now, stop all this disloyalty, whatever, and go and start preaching. After the blasting, focus on the work that you have been given and just do it. Do the work. Souls are perishing. Do the work. Number six. Turn around victory for the commission to go into the whole world, which is the 190 nations. Now, it will interest you to know uh, how far the books and the ministry is going. Next week or the week after, one of our uh, office staff members is leaving for Egypt. Because all the pastors in Egypt, do you see, are coming together for them to teach them this the books and the material. They have been having conference on and they want them to come and do it. All the pastors and Egyptian pastors. Yeah, you see, you never thought that 119 Nations was, was real. As you pray, let's pray for Egypt. Let's do this. Let's do this and all that. You, you don't even have an idea. Yeah. It's amazing. Different, different, different nations. You may not know that when we are online, we have a lot of people watching us from Nepal. I mean, Nepalese. Uh, what do you call it? That's why the thing goes into millions. Because in many, many countries, do you see, from India to Nepal, Bangladesh, our, our missionaries, we, we've recent, uh, two missionaries just arrived in Bangladesh last week. Yes, in Dhaka. Do you know Dhaka? I know you didn't know. You don't know Dhaka. Yes. Not Dakar, Dakar. Kataraba Subaraba Shandaraba. And many efforts are being made through our 190 Nations office. So many pastors, different countries, different, I mean, they have conferences all the time. Millions of books. This week we are crossing 30 million books published. 30 million. If you will clap then. God will never, uh, um, uh, I don't know what God will never do for you again. If you got 30 million books, God has decided that He won't mind you again. Uh. Amen. 30 million books with ease. Yes. I think you don't understand the millions, isn't it? You are thinking of 3,000 or 30,000 or 300,000 or 3 million. 30 million. Printed books. Published books. That is, yeah, one book for everybody in Ghana. That would be it, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, our work is before us. 
It's not about games. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's realities. Turn around victories. The end of Judas and the beginning of concentrating on gospel work that is before us. Sit down. And finally, turn around victory for the commission to make disciples. Yes. You see, there's a turnaround. Many of you are going to become pastors. There will be many bishops. Now, you think of 12,000 churches. No, because we are praying for that. 12,000 churches. And we have crossed 4,000. We need 8,000 more churches before we can reset our goals. Huh? We are hoping to have Give Thyself Holy Conference in 100 nations. Yes, in 100 nations. It's the time for turnaround making of disciples. Recently, I was in a town called Toulouse. Do you know Toulouse? Do you know what is in Toulouse? In France, where they make Airbus. You know Boeing? We have two types of plane, Boeing and Airbus. Boeing is made in America and Airbus is made in Europe. And it's in France, Toulouse. I was in Toulouse, having given thyself holy conference, preaching from my books. The whole conference hall full up of people. And I was asking myself, where did I come to this Airbus? I don't even, it was when I got there, they said, this is where we make Airbus. When you arrive there, you see Airbus, Airbus, everywhere is Airbus. The whole town is for Airbus. Yeah. Preaching in French and Macarius in 52 languages. So it's a turnaround time for us to make more disciples. More disciples. And teach more and have more camps and more camplets and more conferences for the glory of God. So brothers and sisters, this is a turnaround from number one. For who? How many have seen yourself in any of the turnarounds? Turn around for Mary Magdalene. How many Magdalenos are here? If you are any Mary Magdalene's, wave your hand if you, are, you feel that you are Mary Magdalene. Even brothers have joined Mary Magdalene now. <laughs> brothers have become women now, I tell you. Gender balance. Hmm. Number two, turn around for delegated authorities. Yes. See, we have a bishop in the mountains. We need more bishops at different places. Many of you don't know our Pedrasi Cathedral. Just as we have Pedrasi Lodge. We have a mighty cathedral at Pedrasi. Yes, beautiful cathedral. Just opposite Pedrasi Lodge. Yes, on the other side. We are also camped there. Beautiful. Why not? Why should we not be there? And God is raising up delegated authorities. More bishops, more pastors, reverends, archdeacons, lay presidents, and other types of delegated authorities. Number three, turn around victory for unnamed and unknown people. How many are included in unnamed and unknown? Doesn't matter whether they don't know you. Charlie, you'll be there doing something for Jesus. Amen. After the famous people, there are few. 
Turn around victory for those who were not so faithful. How many are included in the turn around? You are turning around from unfaithfulness. Raise your, raise your hand. Oh, only this side. This side too. Uh, only the back. The front are full of faithful. Uh, how many are going to withstand the blastings? Or you will, not, you will be annoyed and say, Hey, you can't talk to me like that. Who do you think you are? Because of a church that I've joined. Is that why they are talking to me like that? I know the system. I know the what? The system. It's a system you don't speak when you don't have to speak. You have to know when to speak. Jeremiah. Oh. All right. Number five. Turn around. How many are glad that even those who are not so faithful, there is a space being made for you. It's like they blast you and send you. Go and preach. Tell your neighbor, they are blasting you and they are saying, Charlie, go and preach. Just go and preach. I won't talk about your things again. <laughs> are you happy to be blasted and be told, Charlie? Get away and go and preach and stop this nonsense. Remedials. Yes, God is giving us another chance. Amen. Number five, turn around for the gospel. Are you excited about Healing Jesus campaign setting up in Madagascar? I mean, an island with our ship is our ship has arrived in Madagascar from Ghana. It went to Holland and went all the way around to the Suez Canal to arrive in Madagascar. Hey! To clear tracks that are registered Ghana registration plates. You will not clap for Jesus. Hey! There's just one convoy. Huh? As if we are uh, drilling oil. As if we are an oil company. The Suez Canal has affected. This closure of the Suez Canal, it has affected us. Because of our steel and other things that were coming. We have hundreds of containers full of church buildings. Yes. The church is that I keep on raising. You think I'm just talking money. Real church. So when the Suez Canal was on, I was watching it every day. I've never been concerned about Suez Canal till this year. You'll soon be concerned about important things. <laughs> You see, some of you, when you hear the exchange rate is going, it doesn't affect you because like there's no connection. You don't have any euros. You don't have dollar. You don't have any... I mean, it doesn't affect your life. But beginning from today, such announcement will affect you because God is filling your hand with dollars and euros. How many have realized that sometimes you see the things on the television, you realize that it doesn't concern you, that they can change it to this... That's thou index this, this, this. Oh, it doesn't do anything. The price of oil, the price of this, 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 this. Oh. How many want us to set up our office in eastern Nigeria? Ah, you watch and see. Beautiful. We are investing happily. Yes, that is our mind is on that. Maybe you don't know. Then. Turn around victory for the 190 nations. 
How many are, are surprised about Egypt? I mean, Cairo, Egypt air. Charlie, we are landing to see the pharaohs and the pyramids. Hey! Hmm. Just as Moses entered into Egypt, now the ministry has also entered into Egypt. You know, when a brother was telling me that he has to leave for Egypt, I said, I said wow, Egypt. He said, yeah. He said, all the pastors in Egypt, they are all connected. The pastor of the largest, biggest ministry. Beautiful. You will soon be an international star. And finally, a turnaround victory to teach and to make disciples. You will be attending more than 20 camps. How many are happy to be at camp meetings? You'll be at Give Thyself Holy Conference. You'll be made into a disciple. You yourself will be holding camps. You'll be preaching with a banner behind you, going deeper and doing more. Wow! People say, Yebay? I never knew how you were a man of God like this. Going deeper and doing more. Wow! The banner will be behind you, going deeper and doing more. Receive it one. Receive it two. Receive it three. Hallelujah. Easter Sunday reveals the destruction of Satan and all those who work for him. And today, God is giving you a turnaround victory. Every standing, please. Every standing. Easter victories. Easter turnaround victories. Easter turnaround victories. Lift your holy hands. Father, thank you for this wonderful Easter Sunday. Thank you for the victories you've given to us. Thank you for touching our lives. We are so excited. Bless everyone mightily. Now, I want you to commit yourself to one of the turnarounds. Whichever one is for you, whether it's Mary Magdalene, whether it is the unnamed and the unknown, whether it is, um, whether it is for those who are being rebuked, who are not fully faithful, whether it's a turnaround victory for the gospel, where you are going to be committed to the gospel. As we are setting up offices, nobody is asking you for money. We are just saying, be faithful. Be faithful as a Ben MP or whatever you are supporting. Turn around victory for the commission to 190 nations. Egypt and Middle East. We have so many pastors interested in what we are doing from Iraq and other nations. But God is blessing you. Whichever one you are part of, lift your holy hands. Father, thank you for turn around victory for Mary Magdalene's, turn around victory for delegated authorities. Thank you for new bishops, new episcopal sisters, new mothers, new bishops, Lord, new archdeacons, and other higher authorities and ranks who are going to be released in the church to work for lay presidents for lay board members for lay pastors for all ranks Lord thank you that you are raising up a great army 
of hard followers who are going to serve you in this gospel. We give you thanks and we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, you want to give your life to God, I'm going to pray with you. Maybe somebody invited you to church, want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Come, lift your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Then lift your hand up like this if you want to give your life to Jesus. Like this. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Lift your hand like this. Look at me with my hand lifted up. You want to give your life to God. Lift your, up your hand. God bless you. 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 If you've lifted your hand, come from wherever you are. Come to me in the front here. Come, come. Come from the back. Come all the way. Come running to God. Come on. Come on, my friend. Come all the way. Come from the back. Come from upstairs. Whichever town you come from, come to Jesus. Come, my friend. I want to pray with you. God is calling you. God will save your life. Forgive me for my sins. I give my life to you. Please forgive me for my mistakes, for my sins. Please cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. I gave my heart. Say, I give my heart and my soul to Jesus Christ. Please write my name in the book of life. Please write my name Almighty God, write my name in the book of life. From today, I belong to Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will obey Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I belong to God and I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. Please go this way with our pastors, this way to the side over there. Please give them a book as they go. One of the books each. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
and we can take your holy communion now how many are glad for victory you know every dark thing in your life is destroyed today do you believe it because you see today is waking up from death yes anything that has held you huh, is setting you free by the body and the blood of Jesus stand to your feet thank you it's time for communion if you are watching in the UK in England in Ireland in Scotland in Switzerland in Germany in Spain if you are watching in KJB you are watching in Cameroon you are watching in Nigeria you are watching in Douala in Yaoundé in Limbe wherever you are you are watching in Congo DRC in Lumumbashi you are watching in uh, Kinshasa you are watching in Bukavu all our churches in Congo DRC you are watching in Brazzaville you are watching in Gabon you are watching in uh, Central African Republic in Bangui Haboroni in Botswana in Francis Town in Palape in Haboroni in South Africa in Zambia in Lusaka and if you are watching in um, Jingola Luansha you are watching in Dola you are watching in Kitwe, you are watching in Livingston, you are watching in Victoria Falls, in, in, in Harare, in Nicaragua, in America and California, New York, Atlanta, New Jersey, Washington, Maryland, in Florida, wherever you are watching from, in London, Paris, French speaking, Portuguese speaking, Lift up the body of Jesus Christ. It's the same thing everywhere. Lord, we honor your sacrifice. As we partake, let everyone be healed. Heal us of cancer. Heal us of unknown diseases. Heal us of systemic lupus erythematosus. Heal us of autoimmune diseases. Heal us of anything that will put us in a grave before 70. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this power as we take this medicine. It is a medicine. It's a food. It is healing. It will heal us and we'll be healed of every virus, every plague, every parasite by your power. Let I pray for everyone that is in a hospital. Everyone that is not well. Everyone that is in difficulty. Everyone that is finding difficult to breathe anyone that is in crisis anyone that is in difficulty I pray every crisis to banish, be banished now and I pray for total healing as we receive the body the manifestation of the cross of Jesus Christ the body of Jesus Christ How many of you realize that Jesus wasn't happy with the disciples when he was even sending them? They didn't do well. Isn't it true? He was blasting them. Lift your hand. Every blasting you have received and every good reason for the blasting that you have received from the pulpit and from anywhere, may that sin that has been in you be washed away today by the blood of the Lamb. May your sin neither 
be remembered anymore. And let it be forgiven. And let it be forgotten. The blood of Jesus Christ. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. Whatever represents a judgment that is targeting you because of today's communion, the resurrection power through the blood of Jesus, you are escaping that judgment by the blood of the Lamb that taketh away the sin, the reason, the sin of the world. The blood of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands for your blessing. How many feel you have already received a lot of blessings? But lift your hand. There's nothing like too many blessings. Lord, bless all your children. Now put your hand on your heart. Any pain in your heart, whether spiritual heart, soulish heart, love heart, physical heart, be healed now in the name of Jesus Christ. May you be healed properly of every painful thing that has affected your life in the last two years. In Jesus' name, I ask for healing of your heart right now. Now put your hand on your head. Anything that disturbs your mind, when you think about it, you become uneasy, you cannot pray, you cannot sleep, you cannot be happy, you cannot rejoice. Father, let that thing go out of our minds from today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now lift your two hands. Anything you have done with your hands that is not good, may your hands be clean today. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you be cleansed of your mistakes. Anything that has made you step back or been a form of setback, setback in your life, let that thing be revoked now in Jesus' name. I see a rope. There's a rope in front of you that says you can't go forward. That rope is being cut now. You are going through like a hundred meters runner. You are going to a higher heights and good places in the Lord. May the Lord give you supernatural energy in your feet. Lay your hands on your leg. May your feet now walk to good places. Visit Jerusalem a number of times. Travel abroad to anywhere that you need to travel. May your feet go away from a sinner's corner. May you never walk to a bad place to commit sin again in your life. Let your feet go to the right place. Your feet are blessed and your steps are ordered by God. I bless your feet and I bless your steps in the name of Jesus Christ. Now lift up your hand. The Lord make his face to shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord reverse all forms of angry countenance that is looking at you with. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord give you joy. May you laugh again. May you rejoice again. May your mouth be filled with laughter. May you have the sound of mirth, the voice of rejoicing, the voice of the bride, the voice of the bridegroom, the sound of millstones in your house from this day now whoever has targeted you encountered you as an enemy Lord contend against those that contend against your servants 
Fight against those that fight against your servants. Let your curse follow them in the name of Jesus Christ according to your holy word. Thank you for your blessing for your children. Thank you that he that was little among us shall become a mighty one. Thank you he that was nobody, he that was unnamed shall be named and shall be known for great things. Lift your hands and thank him. Gracias. Gratefulness, grace, goodness of God comes upon you now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his communion of the Holy Ghost and his power be with you from now and forevermore. Give the Lord a mighty shout of amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.